News Radio 610 WTVN. For the defense, the only live legal show of its kind in Columbus. The Coffle Law Firm, one of Ohio's leading criminal defense firms. Your host of For the Defense, Columbus attorney Brad Coffle. Uh, it is show number 229. Downloads continue to uh, fly explode. off the shelves. Yeah, uh, the, the show just continues to gain more and more momentum, more and more listeners. And uh, we, we appreciate everybody sharing the show. Uh, you can always catch it on uh, uh, Apple, iTunes, podcast. You can also catch it on iHeartMedia, 610WTVN's app as well. For the Defense with Brad Koffel, every Sunday at 11. For the most part, every Sunday at 11. We're in here live from 11 to noon. By the time you back out the commercials, we've got about 12 minutes. <laughs> I think it's, that's generous. Uh, today is December 12th. It's the 346th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. And 19 days remain until the end of the year. Uh, this day in history, General, always got to take a quick peek at this. Uh, Pennsylvania on this day became the second state to ratify the con- U.S. Constitution, became part of the United States. Uh, the first state being? Uh, was it Delaware? Delaware. State number three. Uh, Hawaii. <laughs> Pennsylvania, state number four, New Jersey. State number five, this surprised me, Georgia. I'm really hmm. kind of surprised Georgia was was uh, was in. and the, the These were all the states that, that signed or ratified the uh the United States Constitution, literally in the first few weeks of Delaware doing it. Way to go, Georgia. On this day in history, 21 years ago, was the SCOTUS released its decision in Bush v. Gore. Now, the interesting thing about Bush v. Gore is that Scalia convinced, you know, so uh, Bush uh, tries to get a stay on the recounting. Right, because they're going to keep recounting and recounting until they get to the Scalia. Book they Scalia convinced the, the his other uh, uh, justices to to stay the recount in Florida, which they did, and then they announced that um, it basically saying that any uh, additional recounting would be of Ill- illegitimate votes would cause irreparable harm to to uh, George W. Bush. So they stopped counting. Amazing that George W. Bush had standing. Now bear in mind. Bear in mind that in 2020, we want to continue counting. So I'm just saying, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And you have these, um, it's just a matter of within a generation, you can you can be arguing both sides of, his, of an issue. It just depends on your politics. Or maybe you can't if you don't have standing, like that's the new thing. It is the new thing. Candidates don't have standing to argue election results. Big birthday today. Frank Sinatra. Ah, blue eyes. Oh, the weather outside. Born in 1915. Be 106. And a young 106. He would be still be a a man's man. Lighten up, baby. Swing. Also, born today. Thanks, Campy. Uh, I don't. Do we have any Bob Barker music? (laughs) Bob Barker was born today. Uh, in 1923, he's 98. He's still alive. He's one of those guys you got to go back online and look and see if he's still alive. He is still alive. 98 years old, and uh, and a movie star thanks to Adam Sandler. He has, you know, he of course he had Prices Right. When how how many years do you think he ran Prices Right? Uh, when do you think it like, started? Yeah, I I can remember watching it in the 70s. That's right, 72. Yes, 
through 2007. And before that, he had truth or consequences from 1956 to 1975. So from 56 to 07, the guy was doing TV game shows. 56 to 07. I can't even do the math. But also don't forget that he hosted Miss Universe and Miss USA pageants for 20 years. Well, that was where he recruited all those girls for the price of rights. That one being one of my favorites, Diane Parkinson. Mm. Now, he had a, uh, I think he yeah. had an affair with her. Did he not? They she named was a, play, a playboy. They named, a playboy a, they, as well. they named a disease after her. Stop. Did you know that Bob Barker is uh, grew up on a on a Sioux reservation in South Dakota? He's one eighth Sioux. No, he's actually. Uh, but anyway, that's what we found. Uh, what else do we have going on? We have the Xi Jinping uh, uh, variant. Oh, we we jumped Z. We went to Omicron. Yes, gotcha. That's how you know you're powerful. Did, didn't want to re- offend China, so Omicron. Uh, is that named after Bob Omicron? If so, it offended him. Uh, uh, but anyway, so now, now, if you haven't read it, everyone who gets Omicron has a 100% chance of dying someday at some point in the future. Not necessarily of COVID, but of something. It's a guarantee. Uh, Omicron related. Yeah, no, Omicron, we're now knowing, thankfully, has killed far fewer people than Democrat lockdown policies. Yes. So there's there's been far less panic. I I. It seems to me that at least here in the states, there's there's be much less panic around Omicron than in Europe, and I don't know if there's just not enough panic in the United States, and it's about time for Fauci to release the Pi variant. Was that what comes next after Omicron? Would be Pi? Pi? I, I mean the Pi variant. Sometimes yeah, we're gonna have to get another variant out here soon, or another Greek alphabet. Yeah, but. Uh, but it's 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 far worse than any other variant, uh, and and deadliness, contagiousness, severity of symptoms, and so Fauci clearly we're going to have to roll out another variant here pretty soon. Um, later on in the show, I want to talk about Yellowstone, Yellowstone the TV show, and there's there's something culturally upstream, you know, politics is downstream from culture. Certainly, I want to talk about Yellowstone. Yellowstone is blowing the doors off all TV viewing records. I'm going to have to start so watching l- it. Later on in the show, I want to talk about Yellowstone and why yesterday the New York Times, which I know you don't read, I spy what, on... What is, what is it? It's the New York Times. Okay. They list the best shows of 2021. They listed like 20, 25, 30 shows. Yellowstone's not even listed. So I, I, I have to find out what is the bias against Yellowstone. Then you start getting into this far left stuff, drivel, and they talk about toxic masculinity. We're going to talk about Yellowstone later on the show. Also, I want to talk about foreign policy. We've stayed away from foreign policy, but some things happened in the past week. Of course, uh, Biden had a two-hour video conference with Putin. Uh, Germany, uh, Angela Merkel is out. Uh, there's, a, there's a new guy in. We'll talk about him. It's Olaf. Uh, not the Disney Olaf, but we'll talk about what's going on in Germany. I want to talk also about Ukraine. Kind of break this down uh, to the, you know, for us here in, in, uh, in the Midwest. I've got some friends now, my son being 19, and some of his buddies and my friend's kids are now old enough and they're, they're moving on to the military. And, uh, and, and so now we start paying attention. We should all be always be paying attention to foreign policy and what's going on. But we've got to talk about Taiwan and Ukraine as well. And also this pipeline uh, yes. that Russia has that's trying to feed Europe and make Europe dependent on Russia. 
The dependency pipeline. The dependency pipeline. Uh, And then, of course, we got to talk about Bob Bob Dole. Uh, But after the break, let's break down the Columbus lawsuit. Well, yeah, it was a lawsuit. And our settlement. 32 plaintiffs are collecting a lot of money. Nice work if you can get it. Of the city taxpayer dollars. Where is our leadership on this one? And what does this do to police morale? Brad Koffel, the general, 610 WTVN. Oh, this is Disney's Frozen. Olaf is uh, is in. Angela Merkel is out. Remember, Olaf is that little snowman from uh, Frozen. That's right. Now, that song. Uh, it, it, it's terrible. Something carry a tune. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> Germany. Angela Merkel is out, and she'd been chancellor for 16 years. Olaf is in. Well, that'd be Olaf Schultz. And uh, he's a moderate. And what? And, and, and if you care at all, I mean, there's a lot that's happening in, in Europe, in Asia. We're going to talk about here briefly. Uh, is that 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 he's part of what's called a traffic light coalition? So there's a green, which is the the, the real far left uh, part of the coalition. You have the red, uh, which would be your right coalition or your right party, and then uh, his group is right in the middle, the yellow. So that's what's called a traffic light coalition. But uh, we'll talk a little bit about Germany, Russia, uh, and and uh, Taiwan and China here in just a moment. But first, if you didn't hear, uh, there were riots in Columbus last uh, in, in uh, 2020. Did you hear about the riots? Well, they, uh, they weren't riots. They were vociferous advocacy of illegality. Yeah, so a couple of things about that. Number one, I went down on one of the first nights of the riots, and it was about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, uh, and I was— I was Looking for clients. I was appalled. No, I was just curious. I mean, I'm, I want to watch history. You get a chance to be in history. I want to get out and see what the hell's going on. I saw the police all lined up in their battle gear, their, their riot gear— and uh, while mayhem was being wrought upon Milestone 229, which is a, a nice restaurant, I think it might even be city owned or city partially uh, it, uh, uh, works it for, it's a nice restaurant, bottom line. That place got destroyed. Businesses got destroyed. I've got friends that have businesses down there. Their businesses got destroyed. And, and as a result of that, the people that destroyed the city and put up $1.2 million worth of property damage are not the issue. The issue is the police. Now, if you were down there, and my oldest daughter was down there, and if she's down there, and I told her, I said, be careful, because there's there's going to be anarchy that's going to rain out. Just don't be down there at night. But if you're down there and, and you're peacefully protesting, uh, then you shouldn't expect the police to hit you with rubber bullets pepper spray. If you're not peacefully protesting and exercising your First Amendment right, and you are engaged in riotous behavior and, vi- and, um, uh, uh, and, and violence is right on the corner, or you're actually engaged in violent behavior, then you can expect maybe some uh, pepper spray. Unless you're a leftist. Maybe you're going to get pushed around. And, uh, you know, those folks that were down there, 32 people somehow, I don't know who these 32 are identified. They're not being identified. But these 32 plaintiffs, they get their lawyers, they sue the city. And you have a theory about this. They get $5.75 million. 
It's a, it's a collusive lawsuit. These are, these are Democrats giving taxpayer dollars to other Democrats. That, that's what this is. And it's basically it's a signal that if you're on the left, you, you better not keep these people from rioting. You better not interfere with what they're doing, even if you're the police. And we're just going to transfer the taxpayer money over to these people. Thank you. One of, one of the lawyers says, quote, they came to nonviolently protest police violence and were met with police violence. That is false. That is a false statement. Uh, there, there, the, the, there were bad actors down there that had no interest in, in anything other than destruction. And the police have to do something about those people. And if, in, if within that policing, uh, you're down there exercising your First Amendment right, and you catch some tear gas, or maybe you get bumped and pushed around, that's part of you going out and engaging in First Amendment. It doesn't mean it's police misconduct. It doesn't mean that it is intentional or reckless and you're going to get a, a multi-million dollar payout. That is what happens. And uh, I don't believe for a minute that this was police acting violent against nonviolent people, period. Uh, I drove down there, like I said. Uh, what about the police that got injured? We don't hear about them. Rioting is not protected First Amendment speech. That's all we saw. The tell you just riots. And and if there's a if you're going to spend this this taxpayer dollars taxpayer dollars this comes out of the city's general fund which is eighty percent from income taxes from those who work in Columbus. Take it to trial. If we've got bad cops, put them on trial. We need to know. But see, this was this was the plan. To Let transfer. a federal jury decide this. Federal jury, right? So federal jury decide this. But the settlement still has to be pr- approved by the city of Columbus. That's a snooze fest. Be approved by Judge Marbley. That's a no brainer. He's going to do that. And you know our city attorney Zach Klein, who I personally like, he's just saying, look, it's the city has to accept responsibility and pay restitution restitution each one of these people if i do the math let's just say one third of that 5.75 goes to the lawyers that's the conventional contingency which is a tragedy so a lot more two million two million dollars going to the lawyers let's i I don't know if this is true or false i'm just saying the conventional wisdom is that lawyers take a third on these types of lawsuits well that leaves 4.75 million dollars for the 32 plaintiffs. And that comes out to about $150,000 each. Tax free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but again, we're not, where, where is the vandalism and rioting that did $1.2 million in damage to downtown? Where are the counterclaims for set off? Where are the insurance? Yeah. I mean, are there? Out of all that, this, now don't forget that the city paid a law firm a quarter of a million dollars to study what happened, a city commission study. And they said, oh, the, the police were inadequately prepared for the scale of the protests. Uh, we can handle protests. We can't handle the scale of riots like that. So the city spends a quarter of a million dollars for answers. Out of all this, three cops get charged with misdemeanors. Uh, pepper spraying demonstrators with no provocation among one of them. Criminal misconduct. Misdemeanors. Meanwhile, a dozen major U.S. cities have hit all-time murder records. We still have three weeks to go, okay? Uh, Indianapolis, Columbus, we are at 179 murders. I haven't checked. Maybe we're at 180, 181. 
Indianapolis, that I consider to be a peer equivalent, we're at 179 murders. And this isn't counting the Christmas rush. <laughs> Indianapolis, 246 murders thus far. Indy, Chicago, 730 homicides. And who knows what blew through last night in the Windy City. So is this where our attention needs to be focused on? Uh are we protesters or rioters? What our police do, not do? And here's and again, let me let me rub some salt in the wound. Let's make sure everyone understands this. The city of Columbus has also agreed. I'm going to read this so I get it right. In the settlement, to permanently ban police officers from using tear gas, pepper spray, flashbang grenades, rubber bullets, wooden pellets, batons, body slams, pushing or pulling, or kettling against nonviolent protesters. Nonviolent is defined as a protester who is chanting, okay, verbally confronting police. That's a fine, that's a, that's a fine line there. Uh, holding their hands up when approaching police, fine. Occupying sidewalks or streets, not fine. Or passively resisting police. General, I've represented, and as of you, plenty of drunk college kids down on campus who get manhandled with their fake IDs or they're drunk or they get lippy, they get manhandled and, and they get stuffed in the back of the, of the police van. They get, maybe they get pepper sprayed. They get taken down to jail. That's a life experience, buddy. I mean, that's you being an a-hole to the cops. Chris Rock knows this rule. I could never go to court and say, your honor, uh, Lucas was passively resisting the police they can't put his their hands on him. Well, now you can. Now you can. Your, your Honor, uh, my client was passed out in the corner, so he was passively resisting. <laughs> can't touch him. I can't tell you. Pepper spray is a really good deterrent. It happened to me when right. I was down at Ohio yeah. Stadium, and it's but it's one that's not violent. But you do remember it, so I don't know why I, you wouldn't uh, be allowed to use that. So cops might as well just not go to work. If we're going to have riots, what about these smash and grabs? Well, let's take the wait riots the, off. Wait, wait, what about the smash and grabs? What are we going to? What are cops going to do with the smash and grabs? Because all those folks are they peaceful smash and grabs? Those folks are going to. There's going to be a smash and grab at Louis Vuitton. Are they passive at Easton? There's going to be a smash and grab, and they're what they're going to do is they're going to grab all that property, and they're going to jump in their cars, and they're going to go 18 different directions, and the cops are probably, if they're smart, just going to watch. And then brazenness leads to the next round of violence. Eventually, it's just going to come to your neighborhood. But our cops aren't going to be able to do anything. And if you defend yourself, then they'll charge you for murdering some guy that came into your house. You're not going to be able to do anything. And God forbid you actually brandish a firearm in your front yard. Ten years in Portland. Brandish a firearm in front yard to keep that mob that's coming into your neighborhood you get charged with a crime there. Like in Missouri. This is nuts. The McCluskeys. Yeah, the McCluskeys. This is nuts. Our city is a great city. I love the city. I question the leadership from Andy Gunther Gunther. all the way down. And we got to get... Campy, has Gunther ever been on the 610? Never got the mayor on. That's great. After the break, let's talk about Yellowstone. 
News Radio 610 WTVN for the defense. The only live legal show of its kind in Columbus. The Coffle Law Firm, one of Ohio's leading criminal defense firms. Your host of For the Defense, Columbus Attorney Brad Coffle. Part two of the show. Before we talk about Yellowstone, I want to uh, uh, comment a little bit on where uh, General and I spent most of last week uh, in trial, Morgan County. General, any thoughts on Morgan County? Very nice place. I enjoyed my time there. I did, too. I tell you, if you haven't been down to Morgan County, go to Zanesville and then go south a half hour, and you're going to run into Morgan County, and it is one of the least populated counties in Ohio, and it has four villages, no no towns. Uh, I, I did look that up. It's uh, McConnellsville is the county seat, and uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful uh, part of Ohio. And we stayed at Burr Oak State Park Lodge, uh, which is on a nice lake, Burr Oak Lake, beautiful lake. Great place. Great place. And actually, it worked out very well for us because there was no cell service down there. Uh, very good cell service. Uh, high-speed internet. And when you go into rural Appalachia or you go into Appalachia and rural parts of, of uh, Ohio, you'll see uh, nailed onto poles or telephone poles, high-speed internet, you know, and then I have a phone number. You can now – I now understand – that if you don't have access to high-speed internet, and we had real uh, uh, spotty service, and we had very much spotty service at the lodge as well, the world will pass you by. I mean, you if you live down there and you don't have good internet service, you the world will pass you by. And I did feel in the hole quite a bit. But uh, wonderful judge down there, too. Very fair man. Handled a, a pretty significant legal issue. Uh uh, uh, properly and gingerly and fairly for all. So we won't comment anymore on that because the case is still pending. Um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Okay. So there are a few shows that come across in my life where I will actively ask other people, hey, are you watching this show? Are you watching 24? Are you watching Sons of Anarchy? Are you watching um, Breaking Bad? Uh, Yellowstone is one of those. And it's it. If you haven't seen it, if you have seen Yellowstone, then you're gonna love what we're gonna talk about here for the next few minutes. If you haven't seen it, then you're one of uh, of, of a handful that haven't, because season four's premiere was a few weeks ago. Season four's premiere had 14.7 million live viewers, not downloads, not streams, live. Go to TV. Watch it, 14.7. And this isn't carried by a major network, is no, that correct? It's, it's on Paramount. It's a 66% increase over its season three premiere. What has happened in the last year or two? It is now the most watched series across all platforms, network, cable, digital download. And you can't hear or read about it in mainstream media. New, yesterday, New York Times listed its t- best sh- TV shows of 2021, a couple dozen shows. Don't even mention Yellowstone. So, and I know, I know that the left or the far left views it as a white male conservative fantasy. And it is anything but that. It's so much more complex than that. So you have Kevin Costner. So that's a hit. You got Kevin Costner and he's John Dutton is his character. And John Dutton's family has owned the Dutton Yellowstone Ranch well, since 
apparently they took it from the Indians. And that's an that's one of the themes in the show, how to reconcile that. Back and, since Dallas was on. And the the Yellowstone is the largest ranch in Montana. And if you actually drive down into some of the fan notes, apparently it's the size of Rhode Island. It is, yes, it's wealth and corruption, political interference, there's violence. But at the heart of Yellowstone, there's an ideology. And I think what makes this show so appealing right now in America is that it, it is an American identity. It, more so than Billions or even Succession, which are two other fantastic shows. But on Yellowstone, it's, it's an unapologetic view of the way of living and their view of living as a cowboy, a real cowboy, living on the land with nature, following your code of honor is a better way of living than the city living. And this is a collision. This show is a collision of, of Silicon Valley and Wall Street coming to Montana to try to get the Dutton Yellowstone Ranch so they can chop it up and put in a, a private airfield, put in some resorts. And this is happening. And this is real life. Uh, just not necessarily with, with I mean, this is a, a play on, on what's really going on in real life, which makes it so popular. The enemies of Yellowstone are Silicon Valley, Wall Street investors, also known as globalists and Ivy League smarty pants, what we call these folks. And those people come in with their money, with their degrees, and they're going to tell the Duttons and Montana and the Cowboys, your gig's up. Now, you have what my favorite parts of the show is the bunkhouse. Now, I believe that we need, we're losing the alpha male in America, and I think boys need men. They need alpha males, and there's nothing wrong. We shouldn't be apologizing about this. And this notion of toxic masculinity, uh, any, any man that wants to grow a beard and ride a horse and shoot guns and drive a pickup truck and work on the land with his hands is not a toxic person. Have a dog that won't fit on your lap. <laughs> you got in the bunkhouse. That's where the ranch hands live. And this is where this is where boys become men and men become authentic men. And if you don't cut it, you're going to get your butt kicked right out of there and you're going to get dropped out on the other side of town. And uh, it's a tough place. But that is America. That's the frontier. And that's what made us a great country. We, 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 we conquered uh, this rough terrain, uh, and we believe our country is the truest place on earth. And anyone that's gone to Montana, I'll tell you, Montana, Wyoming, you feel a different feeling out there. And, and the bunkhouse is a vision of American manliness. Now, in this story, in the bunkhouse, is a little skinny guy named Jimmy. Now, Jimmy has been on drugs broken family, in and out of juvie, and for some reason, Jimmy, I forget why, but he is sent straight to the Yellowstone, to the bunkhouse. He can't do anything. Can't ride a horse, doesn't know anything about ranching. Everyone else is wearing their chaps and boots and cowboy hats, and he's like in tennis shoes and jeans. Eventually, Jimmy learns how to ride. He gets some respect from his elders. He learns how to ride a bronking buck. He gets the appropriate cowboy hat. And he gets accepted, eventually gets accepted. The problem is Jimmy broke a code of honor, and that is the ranch comes first. And, and Jimmy, Careful, no spoilers. I know, but Jimmy doesn't get it. 
And so they got to send Jimmy down to even a tougher place down in Texas. I'll, I'll just leave it there. Now, Taylor Sheridan, who's the creator of the show, who's also in one of the seasons, has not ignored uh, minorities. So we've got you've got African Americans in the show. You've got female protagonist Beth Dutton. We're gonna put Beth Dutton on the View for an hour, and we'll get the View cleaned right up. Uh, and uh, I I I what I love about Yellowstone is how to be strong. You don't give in. You've got to have some worth, and it is okay to have that strong work ethic that we're what we're losing. And this is what I think millions of Americans love. And this, this, these are the voters that are going to show up in 22 and 24, and this is why we love the show, that we feel America is losing that ethos, that you don't live by a code of honor, that you get up early. And one of the, the, the newest characters is the grandson, Tate, great name. And then there's also another kid they've brought in, and they, and they tell him, you are the first one up in the morning. You get the horses saddled up. It's teaching boys and girls how to be strong, resilient, gritty adults. And that is what we're losing. And this is why mainstream media, the New York Times, you're not going to hear about Yellowstone. A deafening silence. You cannot ignore this. And this far-left crazies who don't understand this show, all they see is white American masculinity. What I see is private ownership, freedom from government, freedom from corporate surveillance, uh, uh, big tech, loyalty, strength, and the land. That is the that is America. That is Americanism, and that's what we've talked many, many times. Does it mean that being a cowboy is better than anything else? No, but pretty pretty damn close. And all this takes place on top of a super volcano. <laughs> They do, after the break, they do have to reconcile uh, how to deal with the Indians, uh, Thomas Rainwater, Chief Rainwater. But anyway, after the break, real quick tutorial on Europe. So you understand, as we head into 2022, Ukraine, Taiwan, Russia, Germany. China. China, yeah. Real quick tutorial on that. Brad Koffel, The General, 610 WTVA. Make sure you catch the show commercial-free on 610WTVN podcast uh, app. You can also go to iTunes. Campy generally has the show uploaded again commercial-free, generally about 1230, 1 o'clock. That's our show, not Yellowstone. Yes. Watch Yellowstone tonight. Anyway, we just got done talking about Yellowstone, and uh, we promised uh, to to uh, uh, broach a little bit into foreign policy as we head into 2022. Uh, Russia, so we got Russia, uh, and, and uh, Biden and Putin had a two-hour video call Thursday or Friday, I forget. I think it was Which Friday. Biden started out on mute, and had <laughs> and Putin had to remind him to turn it off. Good Lord. So we got Russian troops on the Ukrainian border. Let's talk about Russia first. A couple things going on. There's a 1,200-mile border between Ukraine and Russia. That's right. And we are talking about assisting Ukraine in arms, 
but we promise not men and women, no troops, to do to defend that 1,200-mile border for those 60 million people that speak Russian, similar culture, and kind of why? Well, there's a lot of ethnic did Russians. We, did, the, did, the, okay, did, did, did How many Americans lost sleep when Russia annexed the Croatian Peninsula? Crimea, you mean? Um, pardon me, the Crimean Peninsula. Do we care? This is going to happen. They're going to they're going to move on into Ukraine. Why do we care? We don't. This is a perfect opportunity now where we can go. We can dial back the uh, super hawk rhetoric, and we don't need to do anything there. I don't understand that. Well, um, the they're not saying the conservative point of view on this is not to say let's go in and, and put troops on the ground and, and defend them. What they're saying is let's give them javelin oh, anti-tank John missiles. Bolton, oh, no, I think the Superhawks in D.C., John Bolton wrote something. I forget what I read. Just read, just wrote it a couple days ago. It was in the, might have been The Economist. There are Superhawks that want to get the industrial military complex back up and running. A huge defense bill has been stuffed into this legislation. We're going to be spending a lot more money on defense. I get that. I don't under we don't Americans don't care about Ukraine. Period. We don't. We care about Taiwan, but for different reasons. But before we leave Russia, this this uh Nord Stream gas pipeline. So Russia has nat gas and they're exporting it into Europe. And that's fine, right? No. Why not? Because if someone is your strategic ally, you don't want to give them the ability to turn off the natural gas spigot to the to northern Europe in the middle of winter. Mr. Trump was working on a pipeline from the U.S. and U.S.-controlled areas to provide that natural gas. And as soon as he left, Biden said, uh, you know what, let's shut down the pipeline in America that goes up to Canada, but let's let the Russians do whatever yeah, I don't, they want. I don't understand that. Why? I, I, it doesn't make sense, and I don't think uh, I don't know the average American actually is paying attention to this particular uh, gas pipeline. Well, somebody paid Hunter a lot of money for that, and there is uh, there there, and I understand that the the fear is that Europe, uh, Poland, Germany, France. Uh, what about France? But other countries may become dependent on that natural gas from Russia, and if Russia then can use it to extort, or they can use it to uh, uh, bend those countries to their will. I understand that. I thought Russia just cared about Europe. <laughs> uh, but I, I, uh, I so don't. It's humanitarian. I, I don't know that that's our. I don't. I, I think that's Germany's issue. Germany's got to figure out a way. Other countries, it's not our issue. Now we have. I forget. We have a countless number of bases in Germany, and Germany is clearly one of our biggest allies. But uh, what I don't understand is why this is such a hot-button topic. And we're going to have to keep an eye on that 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 pipeline and what Biden's going to do, because right now uh, Germany has a new prime minister, we mentioned, uh, a new chancellor, Olaf. From Frozen. <laughs> From Frozen. And, uh, and he is opposing the startup of Nord Stream 2. Now, this guy just became, just in the last week, became the new chancellor. And he is not giving in to pressure from Russia. So he, Germany, and this is what, I mean, like, if, if Germany doesn't want to take the crack pipe from Russia, then don't take the crack pipe for Russia. We have been on the crack pipe from China for decades. We've got to get off the crack pipe from China. 
So we need to leave Ukraine alone. We need to let Germany and the other countries that want to take the net gas or not take the net gas from Russia. You figure that those guys figure that out themselves. Okay. Now let's talk about Taiwan. I understand that Taiwan is a big deal because of semiconductors. Another major reason we need to be building those things here. If Intel, if it costs a lot of money to build to chips here, then it costs a lot of money to build chips here. We cannot have our reliance on computer semiconductor chips at the whim of China any more than Germany and Europe can't be at the whim of Russia with natural gas. But I don't hear what are we doing to get semiconductor chips back in the U.S. I know we're building things, but did you know that there's a Chinese company building a major, major multi-billion dollar chip manufacturing plant in Arizona right next to Intel? Did you know that? Now, in the Mideast, uh, how much more can we do in the Middle East, you know? We'd left the Middle East without oil or raw earth minerals. We left that all behind. We left Bagram behind. Let Israel and other Mideast countries do their own bidding. Get out of NATO. NATO is a joke. Get out of NATO. Iran cannot be nuclear. Israel will make sure of that. And we'll be there to support Israel. But anyway, uh, we'll see what happens in the world in America this week. Watch Yellowstone tonight. We'll talk about it next Sunday. Brad Koffel, uh, uh, rest in peace, Bob Dole. Sorry we didn't get a chance to get to you, sir. Reduced to parking spaces. Hey, oh, where to go, Ohio?